I wanted to play that video because that's a sobering reminder that this is bigger than me. Amen? I seen that video a couple months ago, and it has impacted the way I view life and the way that I view everything that I do now. Because we have to realize that life is not about me. Life is not about what I want. It's all about Jesus. Amen? And I need, all of us need to understand one thing, that God has placed this church here in Jenkins County for a purpose, for a reason. But in order for it to accomplish its purpose is all of us in this room have to accomplish our purpose. You with me? Being, being on mission and on, on mission with God, accomplishing the vision he's placed us here for. And one of the biggest obstacles is all of us are self-centered, and we look at life according to how it affects me, how convenient it makes me, and we have to realize that this thing is bigger than me. Y'all with me? It's bigger than what I want. It's bigger than what, what I need. It's all about seeing things from a different perspective. And the only way that we accomplish the mission, the only way you accomplish the mission that God has placed for your life is for you to see things from a different perspective, for you to see things from an eternal perspective, not from a temporary perspective. Y'all with me? God is, I'm telling you this morning, I was, I was, I was going to preach this message, and God just put this on my heart to share. I hope that it falls on, on, uh, on ears that want to hear it this morning. But one of the greatest things I think that we need to realize is that when we are saved, that's just the beginning. When we decide to follow Jesus Christ, that's the starting point. Y'all with me? We got to walk in it and be listening to God. It's a relationship with him. We listen to him. We talk to him. And we do what he tells us to do because he's our master. Y'all with me? It's a relationship. He talks to you and you talk back. It's all about obedience and following the Savior. That's what a relationship with Jesus Christ looks like. And for us to be talking to God, he tells us what we should do, what our next assignment should be, what we should do next. And it's us as his servants to obey him. And we're not, we won't obey God unless we are missional-minded and looking to see exactly what he's called us to do. But in order for you to See that. You have, to, you have to envision it. Every single day you got to envision it. You got to wake up with that purpose. A lot of us wake up every morning, and the only reason we can make it through the day is because we see that clock at 5 o'clock, us, us clocking out. Or we, the only thing that makes us make it through the day is, is getting home to our family. We're driven by certain things. And if you, the things that drive you is what you consider the most important. I want to ask you a question, church. Are you driven by eternity? Are you driven by the, by the reality that one day you're going to die and you're going to meet your maker face to face? Is he going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant? Because you have obeyed the voice of the Lord. See, that's where we are this morning. That's what God's wanting me to make us understand. This thing is bigger than me. It's bigger than you. This church is bigger than us. He has a purpose and a plan for each of your lives. But in order for that to happen and to come to fruition, we have to surrender to our rights to do what we want to do and make ourselves happy, and we want to please the God that created us and gave us salvation. Y'all with me? As y'all can tell this morning, I'm going to be preaching a little bit. Y'all better be with me this morning. But Ephesians 2.10 says this. It says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to, good, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He says, we're his handiwork. God didn't make no trash. God didn't make no junk. Satan's been telling a lot of you that you, ain't, you don't measure up, you're not going to make it, that, that you got all these insufficiencies. You need to tell Satan to shut up because you're God's handiwork. You with me? 
And he says, he created you, he created in Jesus Christ to do good works, which were prepared for you in advance. God's got plans for your life. He prepared things for you to do before you were even born. Does that make you realize that there's an assignment for you? That's why we should walk in, in accordance with the Spirit. That's why our relationship with Jesus is so important. Because you don't know what he wants you to do if you ain't talking to him. You with me? And God's called us to do certain things and to be a part of certain things. I cannot do what God's called you to do. God's gifted you to do things in a certain way. In order for the church to accomplish the mission in which he's called us to accomplish, we got to be working together according to the purpose and the will that God's created for our lives. That's why you see so many churches that are dead and dying because the people refuse to listen to God. They don't have a relationship with God. If you were, if you were following Jesus, y'all with me? If you're following Jesus, you're listening and doing what God wants you to do. That's why so many people are hopeless looking for the purpose. Are you talking to God? Because I know when I got on my knees and got serious and said, God, what you want me to do? He spoke. He told me. And you know what? It wasn't what I wanted to hear either. I didn't want to be a preacher. But it wasn't about me. It's about him. Y'all with me? This thing is bigger than you. It's bigger than me. And we look at things in a narrow perspective. We look at things with just our lives in retrospect, looking at our lives as, as everything that we do. And that's the thing. It shouldn't be what makes you and your family happy. It should be what makes God happy. You with me? It shouldn't be what makes you, you comfortable. It should be what God wants you to do. And so many of us miss the blessing in which God wants you, wants you to have in your life. Jesus said, I came to give you life and give life more abundantly. You, 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 you have that abundant life if you're truly walking and following Jesus. And so many people think that, that this is a dead, dying religion. You know why they think that? Because that's what they're doing. They're just about religion. They're not about relationship with Jesus. You don't experience the power and the anointing of Jesus Christ by sitting your butt on a church pew every week, not following him, not trusting him, and not obeying him. You with me? And that's what God's called us to be. He's called to be those people that are passionately in love with him because he has prepared something for you to do before you were born. That should make you feel special. That should make you feel important that the God in the universe that created all of us, he could have done any of this and every, of the, every bit of this without us, but yet he had something in mind for you. Whoo, that gets me excited. I'm telling you, church, 1 Corinthians... We're going to be all over the Bible. Y'all better come on with the come on. But 1 Corinthians 3, 10 says this. says, by the grace of God he has given me, I have laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care. I'm sorry, Russell, didn't give you the rest of that. But 11 says this. says, for no one can lay any foundation other than one already laid, which is on Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer a loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the, fire, through the flames. I want you to understand something. Because God's got a work plan for your life, there's consequences in not walking that out. Y'all with me? 
He's talking about the judgment day of Christ. He's talking about on the day that we as believers, those, if you don't know Jesus, just hold on. We, we'll get at, we'll be at you in just a minute. But those that know Jesus Christ, he's got a plan for your life. And, and according to how you walk that out, according to how you're listening to him, according to how you obey in him, according, it, it, it shows what kind of rewards you're going to get when you get to heaven. There's a reward. You with me? There's a reward to get to heaven. There's a prize. And when you get to heaven, it's going to, it's going to be weighed on how much you obey God. And it's going to be a full reward. There's going to be, some of y'all going to get a half a reward and some ain't going to get nothing because you ain't obeying God. How sad of a state it is to spend an eternity with the Savior that you did nothing for. Y'all with me on that? We should be serving him out of a grateful heart. Thank you, Jesus. Let me do whatever you want me to do. See, on Judgment Day, we're going to be judged not on the things that we did, but on the things that we were called to do. And that video shows it so great you can do anything you want to do. It's comfortable to go to, to go to your job every single day and say, all right, I'm called here. But has God called you there? Has God called you into the ministry? There's a lot of pastors that, that have done the, done the work of God a detriment because they chose to be a pastor instead of working in the industry. It's all about what God's called you to do. Serving God. The only way you know what God's called you to do is you've got to have that relationship with him. That's why we talk about how we want you in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ so much. Because if you're growing closer to Jesus, you're going to accomplish the purpose he has for your life. But if not, you're just going to be spinning your wheels. And then if you truly know Christ, one day when you die, I don't want you standing before the Savior saying, you know what, that was a good idea, God. But, but you know, Doing, doing my everyday job was, was so much easier. And it's not about how easy it is. It's what he's called you to do. And if we wake up every morning looking at, at, at the fact that God's called us to do something, I want you to understand something. God has called the church, that means all of us, to be the light of the world. Y'all with me? Amen. We're supposed to be the light. We're supposed to be the hope of the world. The only way we're going to accomplish being the hope of the world is you have to be activating the faith in God in which you claim to have. Because you can't be the hope if you're just like everybody else. And see, he's called us to be the hope of the world. And if you read in Revelation chapter 2, it talks to a church called Sardis. I mean, not Sardis, Ephesus, the church in Ephesus. And when he's talking to that church in Ephesus, what's going on is he says, I see your deeds. I see what you're doing. And a lot of it's good stuff. But you have went away from your first love. Come back to your first love. And if you don't come back to your first love, I'm going to remove your lampstand. Which pretty, he says, I'm going to remove the light. And that light represents the influence. He said, if you're not doing what I'm calling you to do, I'm going to remove your influence. See, God's called each church to have certain influence. There's churches all in this community. There's no way, no way. If everybody in Jenkins County decided to go to church today, we have enough buildings to fit everybody. And God's called us, each church, to a specific thing to do, to reach the nations. God's called you to reach people that I can't reach. In order for that to happen, we have to exercise the sphere of influence that we have. And if we're not doing that, God's going to remove that influence from us. Because if we're not doing what God's called us to do, he's going to find somebody else that's going to do it. Y'all with me? I know I'm talking fast, but I got a long ways to go in a short time to get there. Y'all been talking bad about Heath ever since he came. I can't be like that. But the thing is this. We got to understand, we, the church is called the light of the world. 
The church, okay? The church is made up of you, right? Look, look to your neighbor to your, to your left and say you. Come on, look to your neighbor to your left and say you. Look to your neighbor to your right and say you. And those of you that are on the ends, y'all just look back at yourself. You too, Lynn, you can just talk to yourself. You are the light of the world. You. God's called you. We are the church. Not me, not the pastor, not me in Dallas because we preach. We're operating in our gifting. We're doing what God's called us to do. What are you doing? What are you doing? See, the local church, if that's the hope of the world, that means you are the hope of the world. You are the hope of the world of everybody around you. You are the hope of the world to your kids, to your family. You are the hope of the world. Why? Because God's called you to do that. How are you going to be that? How? I'm telling you, this is just on me. Is that God's called us to be the light in the darkness, to bring hope to the communities around us. We got all kinds of communities represented right here today. We got Scriven in the house. Amen. Where's Scriven at? We got Scriven up in the house. We got Burke County in the house. Where's Burke County people at? Don't be shamed. There you go. We got Burke County in the house. We got Emanuel County in the house. Y'all see, we got Jenkins County. Y'all raise your hand. Jenkins County. Y'all almost overrated. You know what I'm saying? Overran by other people. See, there's all these different communities. God's called us to be a light in all these communities around, not just Jenkins County, for us to be a light. It don't just shine right here. It shines a long ways off. Y'all with me? But God's called us to be a light to the communities around us. The way that happens is those of you that live in those communities have to be the light. Have to be the light. You have to be intentional with that. How do we do that? Realizing that this is not about me. It's not about my comfort. Most of us always give excuses of why we can't serve God. Because of my comfort, because of all these different things. We give all these different excuses. We got to realize it's not about me. And yes, understand this. God uses your circumstances and your situation to glorify him. God can use the most horrible situations to glorify him. But it's all about having the right perspective. In the bad, in the worst situations, I've seen people that have glorified God through death, through cancer, through the worst of the worst. You know why? Because their eye was on the prize and it was not on their comfort. They were looking to please Jesus with every ounce of their being instead of their own comfort. That's how you make a difference, church. That's how you're going to change people around you. That's how people know that God is real because they see him in your life. Y'all with me? John 2. John 2. John 2 says this. Chapter 1, verse 18 says, Watch out that you do not lose what you have worked for, but that you may be fully rewarded. That's saying that, that fully rewarded. Who wants to be fully rewarded? All right, five people, ten people. All right. I want to be fully rewarded. When I get to heaven, I want my God to say, well done. That means there's a full reward, there's a partial reward, and then there is no reward. Everything you've done on this earth has been burned up because it didn't amount to nothing because you were doing what you wanted to do instead of what God wanted you to do. Now, if that don't fire you up to want to live your life of purpose with God and put your selfish self in the closet in Monday morning and go to work with the purpose, nothing will. 
God's called you, called you to realize that life is bigger than me. 1 Corinthians 9 says this. It says, do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Keep going. Therefore, we're always confident and know, be always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him, whether at home, in the body, or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due to us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. There we go again. There's going to be a judgment. There's going to be a day when we have to account for what we've done on this earth. Are you, if you were to die today, would, that, would God say, hey, man, you've been doing just what I've called you to do? I want you to realize that. What, 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 Paul, what Paul is saying in that, he says, run the race to get the reward. Are you, are you running every day looking at eternity, looking at when you wake up, you're going to see Jesus, and he's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. If you wake up with that intentionality every day, you're going to face obstacles in a different light. You with me? You're going to endure things longer. You're going to put up with trash talk longer. Y'all with me? You're going to put up with hypocrites longer. You're going to put up with, with people on you longer. You're going to endure things longer. You know why? Because it's not about you. It's about Jesus. Because you, we, and so many of us get up with our focus on us, what makes us comfortable, and the only way we're going to make a difference in this community is we've got to wake up every morning looking for Jesus. You with me? Waking up with anticipation that he may show up tomorrow. And if he shows up tomorrow, and if I'm going to stand before him, is he going to say, well done? That's how we have to be with that eternal focus, church. It's your incentive. I mean, it's your incentive to live a life in a way that pleases God, driven by eternity. That's your incentive. Does that, does that excite you guys? Some of y'all are frowning up a storm up in here. I mean, y'all are like, you know what? You may have been failing, but you know what? Today is a new day. Y'all with me? It's, it's all about what you're doing and redirecting your life today. But waking up with, with the prize at mind, in mind. Jesus died so that you could have the prize. Y'all with me? And without Jesus, you would have never had the opportunity to get to the prize of eternity with God. And that's the, that's, that's the end game. You're waking up living. Paul and John, they woke up every morning with the end in mind. They were saying, look, to be present from the body means to be, be absent from the body means to be present with the Lord. That, what's that mean? If you are a true follower of Jesus, the moment you die, you're going to be present with Jesus. That also means if you're not a follower of Jesus, the moment you die, you're going to be in hell. And that's the reality, people. That's the reality. That's why it's so important that you're living a life as a follower of Christ, not just a churchgoer, not somebody that got a name on your role, somebody that has a relationship with Jesus Christ, that you walk with him, that you talk with him, that you have surrendered your life to him. That's what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. Do you have that? Because if you don't, you're just living this life for you for what makes you comfortable, and you're going to wake up one day, and you're gonna, it's going to be really hot. It's going to be bad. 
But for those of us that are, on, that are, that are focused on the mission or focused on God, we're, we're getting up with that intentionality, looking at the end game of being in the presence of Jesus. Man, I want to tell you something. We were back there praying before this service, and the Holy Spirit fell in there. And I want to tell you, I didn't want to come in here because I didn't want to leave the presence of God. But I, I thank you. When we were singing, I felt him. And y'all feel the presence of Jesus in here when y'all were singing? I'm telling you, if you ever get a dose of that, if you, some of you are looking at me like I'm crazy, if you ever get a good dose of that, you won't want to go back. You won't want to go back to that same dead, dying stuff you've always been going, going through the motions. You want a passionate relationship with Jesus. If you truly want to experience that, you've got to surrender your life to him. But what he's talking about that, though, is that looking at the end is the reason you get up in the morning. And if you get up in the morning thinking, all right, he could, I could die tomorrow. I could die tonight. What if I don't die tonight? What if I die 20 years from now? But if I wake up every morning with intentionality that I want to please Jesus, what would, his, what would your work situation look like? What would your family look like? How pleased would your spouse be with you? It's all about perspective, church. Let me tell you, let me tell you a little secret. You can't do one thing to make God love you more. You can't do one thing to make God love you more. And you can't do one thing to make God love you less. He loves you. His love is constant. His love is never ending. But you know what you are in control of is how pleased he is with you. Because God is pleased with obedience. God is pleased with those who listen to his word and do what, does what it says. Is God pleased with you this morning? See, this ain't about just coming and going to church. It ain't about just showing up, putting on a pretty blue shirt and serving or putting on an orange shirt and serving. It's about pursuing God every day with intentionality, wanting God to grow you closer to him. Y'all with me? Amen. Amen. Who wants to grow closer to Jesus? Time is too short to want to just go through this vain religious routine. It's dead. It's dying. It's nothing to it. It's dry. But when you truly want to follow Jesus and pursue him, that changes everything. And when you start following Christ, you start putting your eyes on pleasing him. You wake up in the morning with intentionality of pleasing him. That's a game changer, people. You start finding courage you never had. You start finding people that you start talking to people you never would have talked to. You know what I'm saying? You start wanting to do things for people you never cared about. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit is inside of you and you're, he's, he's helping you walk this thing out. But if there's no change, there's no new life. And therefore, you're just worried about the same direction you've always been going in. And that's what pleases you. God's called us to recognize that this thing is bigger than me. How sad would life be if all there was to it was to work, make money, have kids, and die? That's it. How sad would that be? That's what I thought about for so long. I, I, I would go to bed at night anxious, scared to death to go to sleep. Like, look, God, if I close my eyes and that's all there is, you got to show me what's next. You got to help me out. Until I truly surrender and give him my life, I begin to have that peace to go beyond all understanding. I can close my eyes and I can just, just envision being at the right hand of Jesus. What's the point of life if you're not living it to the glory of God? 
What's the point of calling yourself a Christian if you're not following Jesus? Y'all with me? Because there's more to this than just coming and going. It's coming to Jesus. It's surrendering your life and staying in the hand of God your entire life on this earth. Doing exactly what he's called you to do. That's the way we make a difference. That's the way families change. That's the way your work changes. That's the way that, because you go to work with a different purpose than going and making money. You're going there to please Jesus. Y'all with me? You have to have your, your life, you have to have cross, the crosshairs of your life looking at eternity. I'm telling you, that's one of the biggest things. Paul and them knew that one day they were going to stand before Jesus. And I can't stress that enough to you guys. People don't want to preach this because this is hard stuff. But one day you're going to stand before the King of Kings. And whether you want to admit it or not, right now, whether you want to come to church and you want to masquerade that you follow Jesus, you know God, you got a relationship with him, when you die, that's going to be revealed. And it's not going to be a do-over. It's not going to be like playing that PlayStation. Oh, let's reset this game. You know, it ain't going to be like, let's do a redo. Uh Uh-uh, there ain't no redos in life. You got one shot. That's it. One shot. You can live it to the glory of your own name, or you can live it to the name of the King of Kings. And that's up to you to do. God gave you that free right so you could choose to love him or to love yourself. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 6 says this. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are home in the body, we are away from the Lord. Hold up. I got my scripture wrong. 2 Corinthians 5. No, I was right. I'm sorry. Verse 10. Verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due to us. For the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. That whole judgment seat of Christ thing, I want you to understand that on the judgment day, we will stand before Jesus. You will stand before Jesus. Just like that video. And give an account of your life here on this earth. What you've done to the glory of the name of the Savior that sacrificed his life so that you may have eternal life. And what I love about this is that we won't be judged on our sins if you're a follower of Christ because when you're a follower of Jesus Christ, he covers your sins. But you'll be judged on what he had called you to do, what you've done in response to the gospel. You heard what I'm saying? We'll stand and give an account of how we live this life out as Christians. And when we stand before Jesus, he will review my life. He will review your life. He will review your thoughts. He will review your actions, your motives. And he will make a decision on how we will spend eternity. And that can range from ruling on the right hand of him all the way down to doing nothing at all. I don't know what kind of job descriptions Jesus has in heaven. All I know is, I don't need to worry about that. You got to make it there first. Y'all with me? And if that is the goal of your life, realizing that everything is bigger than me, this is bigger than what I want to do, this is bigger than my life right now, you will be pushed toward that. You see, what you do with the cross, what you do with the cross of Jesus, what you do with the cross determines whether you're living in heaven or in hell. 
If you choose to surrender your life to Jesus because of, the de- because of what he did on the cross to save you of your sins, he died for you so that you could have eternal life. And if you choose to follow Jesus and you're living your life for Jesus, that determines whether you're going to heaven or to hell. You can reject the cross and not believe in that, not believe in Jesus, or you can accept the cross and follow God. Y'all with me? But if you're following God, then you better be living it. You with me? So in the judgment seat of Christ, you're going to be judged on how you live this life out. If you are listening to him, it's not about just raising my hand, getting, getting wet and saying, hallelujah, I'm going to heaven. It's about walking it out to the glory of God. How many of us have been doing that? Because if we had to really make a poll, probably less than 2%. Because we're so concerned with ourselves, what makes us happy, what makes me feel loved, what makes me feel appreciated. We're so self-centered instead of gospel-driven. But when you're focused on the prize, when you're focused on Jesus, it allows you to get up in the morning and not be so self-absorbed because you're focusing on somebody else. You're focused on pleasing somebody else. Y'all with me? Nothing shows that better. And we've been talking about marriage, and I know some of y'all have been sick and tired of me hearing about preaching on marriage. But I want to tell you, when I got married, that showed that sacrifice. When I, I wanted to do stuff to please Sabrina. When we first got married, she, wanted, she loved shopping. I hated it. But I went. You know why? Because she wanted me to spend time with her, and that was, I, was, I was going. I went. Praise God, he answers prayers because she don't like shopping no more. But um, <laughs> that's another topic. But that's the thing is, is I was going because I wanted to please her. You with me? I wanted to please her. See, I want you to understand one thing and, and, and to, to realize this ain't about me. If I gave you, if I said tomorrow, okay, everybody in this room, tomorrow, according to how you live tomorrow, will dictate how you will live the next 1,000 years. If I told you that, would you wake up in the morning with the intentionality, all right, I got to get this thing right today. I got to make sure I'm following. I got to make every opportunity count today. Every, man, some of y'all would be running people down on the street saying, do you know Jesus? You wouldn't care what nobody thought about you because you were thinking, all right, I got to think about these next 1,000 years. I want you to understand something. Our life on this earth is only 60 to 80 years. And some of y'all bumping on 60. Y'all better be thinking about eternity. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Don't be looking around, pointing fingers. But the reality is this. We only granted, if we live a long life on earth, 60 to 80 years, that is like this much compared to eternity. Forever and ever and ever, amen, as Randy Travis would say. Why would you allow this much to dictate eternity? Because we're looking at life like the only, this is the only thing that matters. And we're going to do everything we can to please us, to please me, to make me feel good in this little bit of time. We're not thinking about eternity. I want you to understand and realize that when we see, when you see God, 
as the author and the finisher of your faith, when you see him as the, as the king of kings and lord of lords, when you see him as that, it changes things. When you put God first and you, you, you start focusing on him, it changes how you handle things. When the end of your life, when that's all you think about is, is I want to be pleasing to Jesus. I want to be pleasing to the God that gave me salvation. I want to please him. When that's your, that, that's your motivation every morning when you get up, you know what you're going to do? You're going to be a lot more graceful to people. You're going to go and you're going to share the gospel with people that's, because you know what? You don't care what anybody thinks. That's why we don't share the gospel with people now because we wonder, we worry that if we go tell somebody about Jesus, they're going to think we're crazy. You know what? That's because you're worried about what they're thinking about you right now. You never know what that one obedient act would have an effect on somebody else's life. You're looking at temporary things, not at eternal things. Because this thing is bigger than me. God's got a plan and a purpose for your life that he set in motion before this world began. He knew where you were going to be today. He knew where you are right now. He knows the excuses you've been making. He knows the compromises you've been making. He knows how you've been fake on most days. And he's calling you to be real today. He's calling you to be real today. Because of what we do in this little bit of time we have on earth will dictate how we will spend eternity. Why wouldn't you be sold out to Jesus? Why wouldn't you be getting up in the morning knowing that, you know what, if I don't have my time with God, I don't, I don't know if I'll make it today. And the reality is most of us, we make it. You know why? Because it's about us and our comfort. But we make it through life that day without spending time with God, but yet we've robbed God of all the opportunities he put in our path that day. We didn't see all the opportunities. If we would have gotten his word, he would have, he would have spoke to our heart and we would have been going to work. And that coworker that was struggling with depression right there, that coworker that was struggling with a loss of a child, something was going on. God would have made us sensitive to his Holy Spirit. And when we went there, God would have spoke to us. But because we were too concerned about getting five more hours of sleep, we didn't spend time with him. We didn't do what God's called us to do. We just went on about life and we missed the Holy Spirit. We missed what God called us to do and we missed making an impact on somebody else's life. You see, what we do matters, church. We're not saved because of our works. We're saved to do works. Y'all with me? And what we do matters. It's a difference, and God's called us to certain things. Our selfishness gets in the way most of the time. We only give, we only give when it's convenient. We don't want to get, we, there's so many people don't even tie this ridiculous. I'm not saying in this church, but in every church. Because money, they're more worried about their money than giving money to God. Newsflash for you, I don't need your money. I don't want your money. God will take care of me. But thing is, when we give our money to God, it's saying, you know what, this ain't about me, it's about you. I want you to take away this self. I want you to take away this being greedy. God, I want you to, if you, if you want me, if you want 50% of my check, then here. Some of y'all looking at me like, whoa, wait a minute. 
But it's about saying, God, I'm looking at what you want more than what I want. God's called us to be a a generous people. But we won't do that if it's about me. We won't sacrifice our time. We only sacrifice when it works for me. Don't want to go help anybody. Don't want to do anything outside of my normal routine because it messes up my schedule. It messes, it jacks my schedule up. It hurts me. It, it's, it's me. I have to give a sacrifice. It's all about me. And when it's all about you, you won't do anything that will glorify God because this thing's bigger than me. And when you wake up with an intentionality every day looking for eternity in the crosshairs, you will take time to do the things God's called you to do. You will be that vessel of change. You will be that, that good Samaritan. You will be what God's called you to be when you're plugged into his word. We make excuses about how we don't want to live in community, how we don't want to be with other Christians. We make excuses because it's about me. I'm scared that if I go and I'm real with people, they may judge me. But in reality, when you go, and if you go to Connect Group, a Connect Group is a place where you're real. Y'all with me? And if your connect group ain't real, you come to mind because ours is real. We got jacked up people that, 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 but we love each other through the mess. But people are scared to share their problems because they got pride on their, on their back and they're just so, they don't want to surrender. They don't want people to know they're jacked up. You know why? Because it's about me. It ain't about growing closer to Christ. And I've realized that when I share my struggles with people, there's other people in the room struggling with the same old junk. And they ain't brave enough to share it. But when I speak up and I share it, because I'm not ashamed, I'm I'm following Jesus. I don't care what you think about me. I couldn't have said that last week, but I can say it today. Preparing for this message, God showed me a lot of areas in my life where I allowed my selfishness to override his purpose. And if we're not focused on the eternity, then that's what happens. If we don't wake up with that driven purpose to please God every day, we allow our selfishness to override his purpose for our lives every day. And God's called us to be people of change. God's called you to be a vessel of change to the people around you. And the only way you do that is realizing that I'm not the most important thing in my life. If you're a follower of Jesus, then he is. And if he's not, then today is the day for you to get that right. Today is the day for you to surrender your priorities to him today and say, God, fix them. It's one thing to have a list of priorities. There's another thing to do them. You with me? Where are you at today? Where are you at? God's, this, I'm telling you, this is God's plan for your life is that you would live it out in a way that you're passionately pursuing him every day. And the more you pursue him, the more he reveals things that he's called you to do. And that's the only way we're going to reach the people in our community. Do you care? We, we talk about, we care about reaching the lost. Do you really care? Because if you really cared, you would do something about it. You would, if you really cared about, about reaching lost people, you would share the gospel with that crazy uncle at the family reunion. You, you, would, you would talk to that drunk at the gas station. But we wake up with the intentionality of satisfying us instead of satisfying God. And the only way you're going to feel the real purpose of your life is to look at life every day wanting to please Jesus. Do you do that? And I know a lot of us are thinking, no, I haven't. And you're going to leave this place and never think about that again. But God didn't give me this message for you to just put away. You need to activate this today. 
You need to apply this to your life today. I didn't just write this. God gave me this for you today. Are you living a life of purpose for the glory of God? And if you're not, whatever's coming in the way, that's what this altar is here for, for you to lay it down today and not pick it back up. You with me? Lay our burdens at the feet of Jesus because God's called you to be a person of purpose. We're at these shirts saying every person has a purpose. Are you fulfilling that purpose, church? Are you fulfilling that purpose? Because this is way bigger than you. And reality is, the consequences As a follower of Jesus, I don't want to have poured my whole entire life out going in the wrong direction because what I was doing is what he didn't want me to do. That's why it's so important to have that relationship with him. That's why it's so important to have that time with him. That's why it's so important to be growing. That's why we talk about it all the time. And if you're tired about talking about Connect Group, then you're not going to like it here because we love talking about Connect Group and how you need to get involved with people and do life with people and grow closer to Jesus. I'm telling you, church, if not, you're going to drown. So what's God's calling you to do this morning? I'm closing, and I promise I am. One of the biggest things is this. When I was thinking about this message, I thought about some of you need that Isaiah 6 moment. You'll need that Isaiah 6 moment where Isaiah was, he was grumbling about everything around him. He was grumbling about the people, about how stubborn the people were. He was doing all this grumbling because it was, it was about him. And then all of a sudden he got into the presence of God. And when he seen the majesty of God, he got in the presence of God and he said, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips and I live among a people with unclean lips. He, he realized his depravity. He realized there was no hope for him without God. If God didn't give him mercy, if God didn't give him grace, there was no hope for his life unless he surrendered all that right then. See, some of you need that, need that woe is me moment realizing that there's no hope for your life outside of following Jesus Christ, outside of surrendering your life to Jesus. You've been controlling it way too long. It's time for you to give it to him today. Y'all with me? See, we won't never be that way. And what happened was when he had that moment of, of, of realizing how awful he was in the sight of God, how pure, how perfect God was, when he realized how big God was, when he realized what he was in the middle of, he said, woe is me. And God said, look, I've got this assignment, and it's going to be hard. People ain't going to listen to you. You know what he said? Here am I. Send me. And God spoke to me this morning. And he said, Jeremy, it's not about your success, but it's about your obedience. And we want to be successful people, but it's not about our success. If you live your entire life out for the kingdom of God and not one soul comes to Jesus, but you are faithfully living it out and being the witness, that don't matter. It's just as you are doing what God's called you to do. Are you living it out, obeying God every day? Are you waking up with heaven in the crosshairs with pleasing Jesus saying, well done, my good and faithful servant? If you're not, then you need to check yourself today. And maybe today is the day that you come and say, you know what, I realized it. Life's been all about me and it's not been about Jesus. And I really need to surrender my life to him. I really need to give him my life. If that's you today, I want to challenge you. First, I want to I ask you, 
you've been doing it your way way too long. And I know you probably feel like, like the world's on your shoulders half the time. You don't know which end is up, which end is down. If that's you today and you really need to surrender your life to Christ, that you might have been going through the motions, but you have never, you've never felt the presence of God before in your life. But you want to follow Jesus? You want to experience that? You want to experience walking and talking with the Savior that loves you? If you want that today, raise your hand so we can pray, praise God and, and pray with you. Raise your hand. We just want to pray, praise God for saving your soul today. Okay. Andrew, will you come on forward? And as Andrew plays this last song, the ball's in your court. I've done my job. I've done what he's called me to do. I'm walking away from here, praising him for giving me this message. But I want to tell you something. Are you living it out? What has God told you to do that you hadn't done yet? What's your next assignment? Are you spending time with God so that you will have heaven in the crosshairs? Do you wake up with that intentionality? God's called us to be children living with purpose, to pleasing the King. And if you wouldn't have died, if, if you would have died last week and been in front of Jesus and not pleased, and guess what? It's not gonna happen next week if you don't, if you don't change. So the ball's in your court. If y'all will, stand with me. I'm going to pray. And when I start praying, if God's moving in your heart, I challenge you to move. Come meet me at this altar. Father God, we come to you right now, Lord, praying. Oh, God, we're thanking you, Jesus, for just, uh, I thank you for your presence. I thank you, God, for just, uh, Lord, just speaking uh, to us today, God. And I pray, Father, that you would just, God, tenderize our hearts, Lord, so that we are people that don't care what nobody else thinks. All we want to do is please you. All we do want to do is walk it out every day, pleasing you, God. I pray, Father, that we would leave here today realizing that all this is bigger than me. It's bigger than, than what I want to do, that you have a purpose for my life. You have, a, you have a vision for my life, God, and I need to walk in that. So, Father, I pray for the people in this room right now, God, that, that you would just permeate their heart. Lord, Lord, the stubbornness, the pride, you begin to, to shave off right now, God, and they would begin to realize how they really have been living their lives. Because, Lord, we don't take this seriously. We don't realize that, God, either we're going to hear, well done, or nothing at all. So, God, we thank you for talking to us and speaking to us. And, God, we pray you would move in a mighty way in our hearts. In Jesus' name, we pray.